everybody, and welcome to the Makers of Minnesota podcast, where we talk to cool people doing cool things. I am at Makers of Minnesota headquarters, which is in my closet in my home in Golden Valley. And I am here with Mark, who looks like he's in his basement office. Mark Rustad is the founder and inventor of a game called Gift Trails. And Mark, you are like a serial entrepreneur, because before we started recording, you were telling me that you were part of the team that wrote the book Brainerd Bound many years ago. That was a, sounds like you sold 15,000 copies. That's a lot. That's uh, true. And it's very parallel to what you're going through right now with your cookbook. So uh, it's a lot of wind at your back and it's a fun ride. So enjoy it. Yes. Yeah, so you are the inventor of this new game that's going to be coming out, Gift Trails. And how did you, like, have you invented other things? Because you seem like you're a serial entrepreneur. Well, yeah, I guess I'm uh, uh, this creativity thing that I have in my brain never really shuts off. And sometimes it produces ideas and sometimes the ideas come and go. But over the course of my lifetime, I've done a lot of things that are outside the norm. I was a photographer. I built the picture the picture book, Brainerd Bound. Uh, other ideas that come to my mind, Stephanie, this one was in the back of my mind. It's been there for a quarter century. Uh, it stems from when my, our kids were little. And Christmas mornings would become this theme where I would invent this game and then reinvent it every year and deepen it in terms of its challenge. And it was a, basically an attempt to get the kids you know, they ripped open all their presents on Christmas morning, but I saved their special present and hid it somewhere else in the house. And then over the years, I built these, these challenges and these clues and these tasks and these tests, and they had to blaze their way through all these different things to do. And after the first year, they got hooked on this. They really uh, excited them, and they would race through the house trying to outsmart their dad. And I would try to pencil these clues and puzzles the days and weeks leading up to each Christmas morning, what can I do this year to outsmart them? And it became this contest, my imagination against theirs. And I would always try to make it so it just just enough push them past their comfort zone, like they're going to get frustrated because they can't figure stuff out. And then maybe I'd have to help them out a little bit. But at the end, every time they discover their little gift or their game, and this is 25 years ago, so maybe it's Playstations and Xboxes and whatever at the time, but that's where it started. Uh, I, I was self-employed for 30 years and in a completely different line of work. And when I neared retirement, I'm going to go to myself, well, this creative juice I have, what am I going to do with it? I need something. I need an outlet. So I tapped back to that experience of those kids and the joy that it brought to them year after year after year. It became tradition. Uh, so much so that when they got older, just a couple of years ago, uh, they called and said, hey, dad, can you put that trail back together for us this time around? Because I said, really? And they said, it was the favorite memory we have of growing up with Christmas. So the goal with the game is to replicate that joy. Can I build a game that's a challenge to me where the same level of joy, I can teach other moms and dads the tools of what I did so that they can deploy it in their own homes and generate that same type of emotion and it locks it in. But it doesn't have to be just Christmas, Stephanie. It can be a birthday. It can be any holiday. It can be Easter morning. But it also doesn't have to be a holiday at all. It can be family night, Saturday night. And it's like gather around the table, shut the phones off, get off the TV, get off the couch. Come on, mom and dad have a surprise for you, that type of thing. So if this game gets some traction and a foothold, my goal is to broaden it and to brand it and to come out with extension packs and other things where people are now playing the game. They understand it. It's really an art form to be a good host to the game rather than just 
throw out a few clues around the house, take some of the ingredients that are listed on my website and build from there and become really good at entertaining those kids and uh, wowing them with, how did you think to do that, Dad? I got that all the time I'm doing this. So I share a lot of that on the website. So when we talk about the game itself, would you say it's like a scavenger hunt? Would you Well, say I would it- say, yeah, if you take a treasure hunt where you got to go from clue to clue, but then you deepen it because there's problem solving and there's critical thinking skills. It challenges the kids to a deeper level. Uh, just technically, I think scavenger hunt, go find a picture. You've got a picture of a red cherry or a hammer or a nail or something. Go find them. Uh, this is like a, a hunt that you have to go on, and one clue is going to lead to the next. The centerpiece to the game is the deck of cards. This is what you'd actually buy. It's got 200 playing cards in it. On the face of those cards are these riddles, these riddles that elude to hiding places that are scattered throughout a home. Uh, I just wrote down, people say, well, what, what kind of hiding spots? What are you talking about? So I'll list one off. Just These all start with the letter B, and these are all in my guide. The guide comes with the cards so people can kind of follow along and figure out where they want to plant their clues. Under the letter B, I would have bacon, backpack, Band-Aid, basketball, baseball glove, bathtub, bath towels, beans, bed, beer, bicycle, bird feeder, blender, blinds, blocks, bowling ball, bread, broom, and butter. All of those are different hiding spots for these little playing cards. So what the parent will do is pick six or eight or ten of them out and build their hunt. It will last about an hour to play. I don't recommend going longer than that because the fun meter is going to start to get thin. The kids will wear out. So for a one-hour piece of experience, take six or eight or ten of these clues, spread them out, don't have two in the same place, they're going to discover them out of order, and separate them, but then also incorporate what's on the website, which are hundreds of puzzles. So where the kids are using these playing cards, and they're going from one location to the next, racing around the house, at some point in time, put a puzzle in front of them, they have to return to the kitchen table, they have to sit down in front of you, They have to work together for siblings, collaborate, get along, share the experience, come up with the answer to the puzzle, and then back on the trail they go. And they're back at getting the next clue along the way. So, And then at the end, there's their present, there's their prize, and they did it. Does the puzzle tie into the trail or the game, or is it just like a break in the action? No, puzzle. the answers to the puzzles are clues, just like the riddles are clues. Yep. So for instance, you get an anagram and have to rearrange letters that spell the word microwave, something like that. Or you do a word search puzzle. You cross out all the different words on a list and the remaining four letters spell the word corn or something like this, where every puzzle that they do is incorporated and it's just like the riddles in, in on the card. So they mix and match and it kind of, what it does, is those puzzles basically control the pace of the game. If all you do is eight or 10 cars, it'll be done in 15 minutes. But right. if you force them to do puzzles and sit down and challenge each other, challenge their brain, and this is where the, the deepening of the challenge, because some of these puzzles can get really difficult. Uh, and then towards the end, one step further, people say, well, how do you end the game? There's two ways to do it. One is just to put a final clue card in front of them and send them to the trunk of the car and open it up and there's their Xbox or whatever the gift's going to be, Right. But there's also something I added in on the website. It's called the vault. And the vault is filled with 100 brain teasers. Now, these have nothing to do with the treasure hunt. They have nothing to do with clue locations. They're just hard challenges. And this is where you can just put this in at the end, stick them in sealed envelopes, uh, and put a token in there, like a poker chip or a dollar bill or something. For each one they get correct, they keep it. For each one they have to buy the answer back from the host, they give the money back. 
If you're in college, you could be playing for $20 bills and it's a lot of money and it means a lot to them. So it's fun. This is how, as the kids age, it can get deeper and deeper in terms of the level of fun. So sending them through the vault is additional test on the kids and their frayed levels of energy and curiosity and they're, they're worn out. So it's something for the older kids. But uh, to your point, though, the puzzles themselves, yes, they're all related to the trail. And all of this begins with this pack of 200 cards that costs how much at retail? It's $25 uh, for the for the box of cards. Yep. And then is there additional, like you're talking about expansion packs. I can see this too, like where you would do it in a brewery or like a public setting perhaps. So it becomes like those unlocking the mazes and places that you literally go to as well. Correct. Although in this particular brand of the game, it's all about your residential home. All the answers are stuck in your home. I mean, if you go to the, the brewery, there's not going to be a sock drawer. There's not going to be right. you know, whatever, but your thinking is right. Yeah. Uh, and Michael, if you go stand in, in front of the shelf at Target and look at the games, the games are, you know, this size, this is the, this is the actual game. I know your audience can't see it, but it's a tiny little box. Yeah. It's like a four you, by three. Correct. Four by six. Yeah. And if you sit there and stare at all the different games, one entire shelf is Cards Against Humanity. And all their variations on their brand. And the next one under it is Exploding Kittens and all the variations under their brand. And I'm thinking that if I can make this work, that's my goal, is to take up shelf space on on the box stores. Uh, But to make it work, I have to, I'm standing at the bottom of Mount Everest right now. How am I going to take the idea that I've generated, the product that I've created, working through local media outlets to establish, I'm right now, I'm in the general store where you're going to be signing books soon. I mean, Kowalski's, uh, we did Ficus and Fig down in Burnsville. So we've got some retail things set up, much thanks to my sister, Julie, who is your big cheerleader. She told me about you. <laughs> so you can thank Julie that you and I have connected. Thanks, together. Julie. Yep. And my other hero is my wife, Barb. Barb has been my, uh, yes, a lot of the entrepreneurs you visit, I'm guessing, have the same thing. You need the support. You need that mechanism in the back of your it's a shadow is to say, keep going, Mark. You're doing a great Barb gave me this book a long time ago. I don't know if you've ever seen this book or not. No, it's, it's called what, what Do You Do With an Idea? And who What authored Do You Do it? With an Idea? It's really awesome. It's authored by uh, Kobe Yamada. And it's a very simple book, but it talks about a child who's got an idea following them like a little sunshine behind and it never goes away. And it gets bigger and bigger and you can't ignore it. And that's when my, we talked about the creatives in my head. This, my wife understands me. So when this thing came to life, life. And I said, Barb, this is what I want to do. And I'm just retired. You know, I get some free time. And she's been 100% proponent for it. So it's really hard to push in a direction and and a lot of headwinds that I'm facing as everyone does that's in this entrepreneur. But the support of the wife, the spouses plays a huge role, as I'm sure you know, in all the things that you're doing. Yeah. And on this podcast, it's been a while since we've thought or heard about, you hear about partner sponsorship or partnership, and you hear about you know, family support, but a partner and someone who believes in you is a really important part of that. So your, your financial investment in this game is the printing of the game. That's not cheap. The graphic design of the game, creating illustrations, yeah. I'm assuming, yeah. and then web hosting and the web development of this yeah. game. Correct. So yeah. I'm just going to guess that that's about a $40,000 endeavor if I'm on the mark, close. 
I would say you're, it's, it's under that. Uh, it's, it's in the low 30s total. Okay. And a lot of that is how many cards do you want to print out of the shooting block? Because the more, the more units you print, the, the better your unit price gets and the longer the, the units are going to last and whatnot. But you're right. The thing that I did is, is when I ran my business for 30 years, I developed a lot of skill sets and a lot of tools and how to do things, and I loved it. Um, but this time around, I had a little bit of extra equity, and I'm going to spend it and have some experts do it. So I went to Upworks. I found on Upworks, I found this woman. She's wonderful, and I'm going to get make sure you get a copy of this game. You'll see the, the artwork here is off the charts great. She took my idea and actually built a product out of it. All I had was a bunch of poems on index cards, right? Yep. And she, she created this. It was fantastic. But I also hired someone to do a, a little promo video, like a 100-second teaser video that's on the website. I hired a guy to build the website. I hired someone to build Shopify, get me on Amazon to do it all the right way so that I don't have, I can make sure I don't have any mistakes and yeah. uh, do it right. But yeah, it takes a team and, you know, I'm the coach or the head coach and they're all little players of mine. They've all done a great job. And now it's my job. My job is to turn around and take everything else that's combined to get me here. I got to go out and pitch this now. And I've got to figure out how to get in front of these audiences, especially locally in Minneapolis to start with. But it's obviously it's a, it's not a, it's a local product. It's not a seasonal product. It's a product that can go on every shelf in America and uh, online. And if the, if I can take that joy that those kids of mine had all those years ago and know that there's families all over the United States that have that same bond and that ex same experience because of that little box, my ideas in that little box, that's it, heartwarming for me. So I know how to do this with food. But like, what is it like in the world of gaming or games? Is there like a distributor? Are you calling independent retailers and asking them to carry the game? How do you roll this out and how hard is it? When I built the game, all I was thinking about is my website. That's all I was thinking about, just driving traffic to it, the SEO and the pay-per-click, the things that I've done in the past and know how to do and just take some time and build it up and make sure that the product actually does what I say it does and people are satisfied, happy with it. However, right when I came out with the idea, I kept it stealth, Stephanie. People didn't know what I was doing other than my wife. And my sister has been a, a, a rep in the gift industry locally for 30 years. You name the location of the buyers, they'll know my sister. And so she's the one that took this and got me in all these local locations. Smart. The problem is you're going to walk through a store and you're going to see it and not know what it is. If you go to the website and read about it first, you say, oh, that sounds awesome. I want to play that. So there's more sizzle if you discover it on the website than you do, at least for now. But two years from now, if I if this works and I've branded this thing successfully, then I have people walking through stores going, hey, that's that game I heard about. Remember mom was talking about that because Kathy played it and they loved it and whatever. So to answer your question, the retail market wasn't my intention, but it's a, it's a good starting point for me locally. So uh, Games by James, uh, like Sunday night, Games by James at the Mall of America, they have a thing where they take all their employees and they stick all the new vendors for the season in there and we play the games with them and teach them how to do it. But uh, the, the staff and all these others, they don't have the time to sit down and learn how to play the game. So until the game gets a little bit more recognizable or in our case right here between you and me, if your audience hears that, hey, this is at General Store, I'm going to go there and ask them about the game of Gift Trails. So this is my hope is to get back on Belinda, get on the Jason show, get on Twin Cities Live, get some exposure that can drive that traffic locally, but then drive it through the Internet. And then once we start doing that, then I start getting uh, social media platforms 
and fill the volume there. This this is the, my last component I have in waiting. She's waiting for me to build content for her. She wants to see p- kids playing this game and laughing and joking and running through the house. And I need clips of that, which I don't have yet, to put in her hands so she can put them up on Instagram. And all of a sudden I build a following. And three to five years down the road, if I have all these different products all branded together, starting from this interview right now on November 10th with Stephanie Hansen, it's like it could grow to that level or not. And I think that's the fun of it. You know, I don't need it as a career. It's just a hobby for me, but it's something I could sink my teeth into. I love it. I love the um, the way you've described this to me. I feel like, and maybe this is part of why you're so good at what you do. I feel like you're walking me on a trail on a path of this marketing journey, right? Like you've got all these building blocks laid out. And, you know, if this happens, then that could happen. And if this happens, then that could happen. I almost feel like talking to you and listening to you, you're taking me through this whole journey. And that when you get to the end, like, you know, then you get the prize and the prize is more sales, more expansion packs. It's funny how your brain is just taking me through this trail. Locked in, huh? That's interesting. And when I was listening to a lot of your podcasts, the recent ones, um, the woman that did the pie, she called it a happy accident. Yeah. If you remember that. And it's like, that struck a bell with me because the first time or two, I had no idea it's going to turn this into a product, but it was a personal experience and it was. It was a happy accident, you know? Yeah, Better Pie Company. That shit yeah, was then, all an accident. Right. And then talked to Rob about Folly Coffee. He talked about the one or two times where the first two or three orders on the Instagram were people he recognized. Remember that? Yeah. And so that's, and that's right where I'm heading. I'm right on that precipice where it's strange people that I don't know who they are are suddenly ordering the product. And that's where I know I'm deepening uh, my exposure in the marketplace. So I would say that back to your question, the retail market is great, but I think I need to do some work first. I need to get the traction out there, get the product out there, get people talking about it, get a buzz going so that they go to those retail stores purposely looking for it. Because it's not like a a drive-by look at it and say, oh, I think I'm going to pick that one up. I hope it is, but the reality is, they probably don't know what it's like unless the people there helped share the news of the game. I've never really said this out loud, but as I'm talking to you and I'm thinking about it, um, so I have uh, had a couple of businesses myself and this cookbook in and of itself is like a business, right? Because you've made yeah. this product. I'm in partnership with Minnesota Historical Society and Minnesota Historical Press, but their role has been to get the book to the publishing point, and mm-hmm. now they are the publisher. But then, like, sales of this is still very much a whole nother animal that yeah. has very little to do with, like, your publisher, because there are these distribution houses that can carry the book or not carry the book, but you still have to get the bookstore, the retail store, the flower store, the grocery store, whoever it is, to ask for the information about the distributor and how to get the book. It isn't just like they go on a website and they can pick. You really have to do a lot of sales pull through, which I didn't realize. And I am someone who, because this is my other life business, I have a lot of media contacts. I know a lot of people in the media. I have a leg up there and it is still been so challenging yeah. Even though like I know these people, I've gotten a lot of press coverage, people have been really excellent, but it still just takes so much cuz you're moving this mountain. Yeah. 
And, and it is hard and it's been good to kind of get into the head of the entrepreneur journey. And again, I know I have like a whole nother door that's open for me that I've just walked through and had to tap people. Yeah. The entrepreneur has to figure out who's behind that door, how yeah. to get them, how to tap them. And during COVID, you know, this whole industry has shifted. All industries yeah. have shifted. Right. It could be you had an office, people would send you press releases or they would send you samples of something. You know, now you don't even know how to get a hold of these people. They're working from their homes. You don't know where they live. Media mm-hmm. people aren't just like splashing their addresses out and about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the energy you're putting in right now is going to eventually be supplanted by the energy the book itself is going to create. I I, I can tell you true. that just I paged through it for a half hour and then my wife took it because she loved the recipes. The storylines, the photography, uh, just the the the... the the romance of up north in the woods, especially people in Minneapolis, they all that's where they go. They go on vacation lands up north and everybody has the family ties, not everybody, but you get what I'm saying. The book itself will take over. It will let you rest. The book will do its job. It's that good, Stephanie. Thank you. And I appreciate that because I'm wondering, like, my husband is an author too, and it's a very different thing because he's a fiction author. So you talking about that at some point the book kind of takes up that energy and starts it will. to move it the forward. Factor, yeah. yeah, I don't know when that's coming, but I'm like hoping and I'm ready. And you know, I'm probably the person that's gonna keep selling too long just because that's what I know and that's what I do. And it's just part of the hard work that I've always right. put in. I yeah. like the idea that at some point the product starts to work for you too, because mm-hmm. of the experience and the connection that people have to it. Um, when you think about this particular product, like who do you see as a competitor? Is it any game or is it a specific type of game? Board games, family games, center around the kitchen table games. The difference is this game sends the kids all over the house. They just don't sit there and they have the fun. Uh, it was something about the game itself that I designed is these little cards. There's a little, you know, like a credit card where you insert a credit card yeah. into a little holder. Sleeve. So when they plant the trail, they're going to put the actual card inside a holder uh, like this. So they're going to discover the actual holder. And then they go back to the kitchen table after each discovery and open up the riddle and le- read it in front of the parents. So the whole entertainment value for the witnesses and the parents is the kids and their reactions to the puzzles and the things right there at the kitchen table. And that spontaneous reaction, I don't think you get with a lot of games that everybody's just playing back and forth on a tabletop and shaking the dice and moving the piece around the board and whatever, because this is an experience where the kids disappear and then come back. They disappear and come back. And each time is a different exploration for them. So I don't see something like that on the market, but there are certainly tons of games, uh, board games. There's a whole universe out there on on uh, the, the, the uh, internet, uh, Instagram, just like, oh my gosh, this, that I didn't. That's a daunting task. That's what defines Mount Everest for me. There's people that have been doing this, and they have fifty thousand people following them. And here, my little, my little game, and my little basement, my little company. It's like, can I take all these people on and make this happen? And I love the challenge of it. I don't care how far I get. You know, I have the same questions that you're having about, you know, do I have the energy to do it, or w- w- at what point will the product itself take over, etc. So we're on the same line here. But uh, yeah, I think it's got some uniqueness to it enough so, just like your book does, that it will separate itself from the crowd. I hope so. I really love your clarity of thought about your product, about the marketing cycle, about the sales channel, about who the target market is. I can tell you've really been thinking about this for a super long time. You just feel like 
you have it all dialed in. It's just now the work of putting it out there. Well, like Rob said in the Folly deal, he, he talked about the time where that one person, it, the, the news of his cock fell on the right ears of the right person at the right time, and then it happened. And that's all I'm probably banking on is yeah. waiting for that door. And when it opens, it could explode and it could give me something that I'd be, you know, for the rest of my life, be proud of. And again, it's not about my success. It's the joy that this little box of cards is going to deliver to other homes all over America if that news can get to them and if they buy the product. Well, you're giving me joy by telling me the story (laughs) and I will help you spread the news. I promise. Um, Will you tell people where they can find your website? Is it just gifttrails.com? Gifttrails.com, yeah, on the web, uh, and uh, or like I say, the local retail locations if they're out and about, the Kowalskis, Games by James, uh, the, the General Store, and uh, what was a ficus and fig? I did them last Friday. It was great. A mom walks up to three kids, little girls, and they say, well, what is this? And I tell them about the game, and the mom gets a clue card, and I, I, I break a box open and let them play it. And the mom sits there. She couldn't figure it out. And the little girl is standing down there. She's like eight years old, and she yells out, Tortillas! Because <laughs> she had answered, <laughs> she had answered the card before her mom did, and the joy in her face. And the mom looks at me, and then looks at her kid, and she says, "Does this mean I have to buy the game?" And the little girl's, "Yeah." And yeah, so did. Well, that's great. Like, that that kind of creative emotion from the little kids—that's what the game's all about. I love it, Mark. Thank you for being a guest on the Makers of Minnesota. I'll follow up with you in a few months after we get through the holiday season. Please, and yeah. I like to keep following up with people and see how projects are going. So keep me in the loop. I will. And good luck on your book sales. I'll be anxious to hear next time we reunite, see where you're at and how you're doing. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And it's gift trails, gifttrails.com. And I will be sure to help spread the word. It's been great to have you as a guest. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Have a great day. Bye. Yep. Bye.